You guys, it's finally here. I am so excited to announce that the Patreon is live. It's called In the Windowsill, and you can find the link in my bio if you happen to be there, or go to www.patreon.com backslash in the windowsill. I would love to have you check it out. There's an about video there. You can look at and understand the tiers. You can get this podcast early. You can get creative prompts and a lot more information from me, all sorts of good things. A live once a month where we create together and you have an opportunity to ask questions, all sorts of treats for you. And I just want to say thank you so much. I'm doing this because you guys asked for it. You gave me so much awesome feedback when I asked for it and I created it for you. So go check it out. Patreon.com in the windowsill. Thanks so much for your support and for being here right now. Hey, it's Margot Tantow here. Welcome to Windowsill Chats, a podcast for creatives and the creatively curious. I am so glad you're here. I've spent decades working with artists and being one myself. I've spent time in the trenches figuring out the best way to get something made, how to put oneself out there, and how to get your work noticed and pull yourself up and face the next challenge. Windowsill Chats brings you creativity from a global perspective as I talk in depth to friends I've met along the way. I'm here to bring their stories to you as well as a few of my own and see if there's anything you can pull out for yourself. Maybe a laugh, something you can relate to, and definitely a little bit more community for your quiet corner. So grab a cup of tea or coffee, maybe your paint water, a glass of wine, and join me over in my sunny windowsill. Thanks for being here with me today on the windowsill. I'm so glad you have joined us and I'm happy today to bring you a delightful conversation with artist Kim Smith. Kim is a Lancaster County native. For those of you not from the States, that's the Eastern part of the U.S. in Pennsylvania. She was born with the love of art in her soul, for sure. She earned her BFA in communication design from Cutstown University and has owned a company called TCG Design, a marketing and design firm in Lancaster, Pennsylvania for more than 30 years. So a busy, hardworking creative. Even though she is in a creative business, however, something she felt was always missing. After the last of her three children became more independent, she felt drawn to pursue her love of painting. Does that sound familiar to anyone? I love these conversations because many of you can say like, oh my gosh, I needed to hear that. Now Kim paints every day. She rises before the sun. And committing to this daily practice fits perfectly into her busy life. Over the past several years, Kim has grown her art practice and participates in outdoor shows. She's represented by several galleries and she's teaching workshops online, at home, and abroad. As she begins her third third of life, she's very excited to see what the future holds. We talked about just all sorts of things like how you get from 
not painting to painting, how you define, you know, kind of a mix of intention and intuition and how you deal with that, how you prioritize and commit to doing something like painting. If you're going to put yourself out there and do shows and things like that, what happens with an art practice when it grows, you know, and and how do you balance that? And also we talk about her six-week course, Art in Bloom, and her monthly membership. So there's lots of goodies here for you today. You can find Kim at www.kimmyersmith.com, K-I-M-M-Y-E-R-S-S-M-I-T-H.com. Same as Instagram, at Kim Myers Smith. And she's got a YouTube channel, you guys, a very good one, Kim Smith Art on YouTube. And so without further ado, go dig in, let's see what her art looks like, and then listen to this great conversation. Thank you so much. I'm really glad you're here today. Kim, thank you so much for being here with me today. Oh my gosh, thanks for having me, Margo. I'm so excited about this. Thanks, me too. I just, you know, I love I love talking to people I know. I love talking to people that I admire and don't know. And, you know, it's just recently at that trade show in Las Vegas, and it reminded me, people are just so great. And I, and I appreciate your time today because I'm looking forward to finding out more about you. Thank you. So, you know, as, as I usually do, I love to just kind of hear in your words a little bit about your creative path. You paint the most luscious, gorgeous things, florals. And for you guys who can't see, (laughs) see what I see, Kim is in her studio or somewhere where you paint and there's just amazing giant florals behind her. And it's, it's kind of starting my day out just right. So tell me how this all, all sort of came about for you. Um, well, I've always been creative for all of my dad was a wallpaper hanger and my mom was a seamstress when I was young. I was um, the third of three kids and my sisters are 16 and 18 years older than I am. So I was like an only child and my mother would be sewing in the basement and I would be down there. And like, I just remember doing things like like with my box of crayons, of course, who doesn't love that box of crayons, but right. I would color with them. But I also love to like do floor plans and color coordinate the crayons and build like rooms. I would draw three-dimensional things. I also like my dad would bring home old wallpaper books and I would make Barbie clothing out of them. I mean, oh they were a little gosh. stiff, but they were pretty creative. Like that was so much fun. I remember making entire like wardrobes out of wallpaper. Oh my gosh. And, that's a first I've heard. That is so cool. Do you, my dolls. do you have any of those or any pictures of that? Oh my no, gosh. In I your mind. Yeah. I don't have much of it. My mom was in seventh grade. So like, I probably could have held on to things, but I never did. And then in high school, I didn't have a very structured um, art education. I remember just um, being in, in high school art class, and I'd just go in the back room and make great big spray paint posters for my friends. Like, I don't, I didn't really, like, learn anything about graphic design. I didn't even really know what graphic design was. I think in the back of my mind, I thought it was probably, like, like making cross-stitch patterns, which sounded fun. The other yeah. thing I always thought I would love to do is architecture. And and now I'm super glad that I went down the graphic design <laughs> path and not the architecture path. But um, I love so it I, when people say they arranged things into rooms, though, because that's always a sign, right, of, of something yes. like that. And I, yes, I still love that kind of stuff. Like I would always do all three-dimensional rooms with all the furniture and imagine, you know, everyone wow. moving around inside the buildings. But anyway, so I, I ended up, 
going getting accepted much to my luck for at to Kutztown University for the graphic design it was called communications design and it was a wonderful program I got a a great education I loved it um in the middle of it all I thought I could just live in Kutztown and be a teacher and be happy for the rest of my life oh, I love that it was it was a really good education then I ended up getting internship uh, my, the my senior year in the summer of my senior year of college I worked at what was a really great advertising agency in downtown Lancaster. And then they hired me. I came home and worked every Monday of my senior year and then got my first job with them right out of school. What a great experience to be able to go right into that with people that really were supporting your path. Yes. And, and they really did wonderful work. I, I got all kinds of great um, exposure was called, um, Agnew and Corrigan. Mm. And I worked there, I don't know what it may be four or five years. It was a great experience laid off because it was in the beginning of the nineties and mm. everything kind of dried up and I got laid off on a Friday by Monday. I think I had two different jobs with two agencies started doing that. And now looking back, I wish I would have taken two weeks off because <laughs> <laughs> to this day, I've only done that one time, and it was just this past um, this past fall. <laughs> oh gosh, yes, you need even, to do more even, of that. Even counting having three children, I never oh, wow. took two weeks off. But I started doing these freelance jobs, and then um, with friends that had also gotten laid off, and we ended up starting our own business. So I was doing a freelance job all wow. day in Harrisburg, which is like an hour away from here, and then I was doing my freelance, like starting my own business in the evenings with my friends, I would work all day, come home, work all evening, get it four hours of sleep. It was absolutely a year. I was pregnant with my son, my first child. I, it was Easter weekend. We had a huge project due of all these coffee label designs. And I ended up, we had to buy a printer and a copier on before Good Friday, because the place where I would go <laughs> copy oh, things yes. was closed for the holiday. Oh so all of that was delivered. We finished up the project. Saturday, we delivered it. Sunday was Easter. And I had my son on Monday. Oh, my! and I quit my full time job on Tuesday because I knew I couldn't do it all. Of course, before you have a child, you think you can. But <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, Kim, seriously, right? It's you don't know because it's like, well, you know, just have I just have this belly. It's just yeah. yeah. How hard <laughs> oh. can this be? <laughs> oh, wow. 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 I hope somebody else carried the printer in for you. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. So I did have help with that. That was good. Well, it's funny. My business partner, Jeff, actually put the crib together when I oh, was wow. in the hospital because I didn't <laughs> have time to do it beforehand. <laughs> and it sounds like you kept going just right yeah, after. And then just dove right into having our own business. And so we've been in business for over 30 years. Oh, wow. And it's, it's been quite a journey. I've had a lot of great experiences, but as time went on, like when we started, it it was a long, long time ago and everything, we would do things by hand. I would sit at a drawing table and do illustrations for clients. And like, I even remember we used to, when we'd have drop shadows underneath photographs, we'd hand draw the drop shadows. Yep. Oh, and it was so fun. Yeah. Yeah. It really was was fun. It was was such a to such a different way of doing it. I mean, I I went to school. I was going to be for graphic design, but then they dropped the program. But I didn't leave the school, so it was it was a general design degree. But um, so I wouldn't say that I had the same level of experience by any means. Um, but the different things I did, we did so 
I mean, well, of course we did everything by hand. That was the only way to do it. And yeah, it, it, the, the clients got their projects in a whole different way, but it was so fun. It, just kind of ideating. And I mean, we still do that now, but it's, it's just so yeah, different. It's different. Like the, and even doing marker comps, like there was something yeah. so beautiful about thinking right. it through as you were making it rather than designing it on a computer. And I missed making things. So no, actually I never even took a painting class in, in school and, and they had wonderful, I wish I had, you know, there's so many yeah. fun things to do. I got around to printmaking and weaving, but I never did painting or pottery. Like I'd love to go back now and get a fine art. I could see you doing that. Yeah, I would love, I always want to do everything, but yeah. and it's hard for me to focus on the things I should focus on because my mind's always wondering, but I think that's an artistic brain, but I ended up missing it so much. I did do like an oil, and that's another story, but I, I did an oil painting class. And I remember when we first went, I came with all my oil paints, set my stuff up on the ground and kind of did pointillism. Like just, I didn't even have a paintbrush. I don't think I just like put all the spots out and I had a ball. It, it was purple and blue. I re And when it came time to go home, I didn't know what to do. And I didn't realize my, my son's basketball was in there <gasps> and the paint went everywhere. Oh was, my gosh. Did the basketball years, bounce all over the, it just rolled. It rolled all <sighs> over. <laughs> so uh, we still have that Jetta and it still has purple and green oil paint. <laughs> trunk oh my gosh oh my gosh well, you should have kept the basketball must have been a work of yeah, art itself. I, yeah well I, I didn't I probably didn't even want to tell my husband so I probably threw it all away oh my gosh <laughs> and I hoped he wouldn't open the trunk for a really long time but that didn't stop you oh my gosh well I knew I had done a lot of watercolor painting and because I did graphic design I could I can sure. paint very realistically yes you can but I wanted to loosen up my style and I thought the best way to do it was to take up something I'd never done before oil painting. Yeah. So it was probably my daughter, my youngest, who's now 20. She was probably about 10 years old. So probably about 10 years ago, okay. I decided I'm going to get up every morning before work and paint and I'm going to learn how to do this. And that's where it all began. And now it's a daily habit that I miss it if I don't get up and paint in the morning. I get up, make my coffee, brush my teeth, and I'm painting within 10 minutes of waking up. Wow. So that piece behind you, did you start, when did you start that? Yesterday. I just started that yesterday. So I had wow. started to, like, I started all of this kind of at the beginning of, not the beginning of social media, I guess it really was for me on Instagram. And I decided I was going to try to learn Instagram because I needed to do it also for my business. Right. So I was learning social media. I learned to build my own website. I did like all the things on my own, kind of on the side, still running my business. And I just love the painting part. So I started doing outdoor art shows, which is kind of like doing trade shows. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of planning, pre-thinking. It's hard work setting it up, hard work tearing it down. But being with people in person with your art is priceless. It's just yeah. so great to meet people and to see the reactions and see what people like and don't like, you know, all that is, is just wonderful. So I love being at art shows, but I also had to learn to um, be more outgoing. I'm more of an introvert and I also started teaching. So all these things have taught oh, me yeah. All the things that I want to do, I say, now I'm I'm ready. I'm 59. I'll be 60 years old next year. And I'm ready to start my third third of life. And I cannot wait because it's going to be magical. 
Oh my gosh, that is so awesome. I I love that you you've committed yourself to doing the things that I mean, certainly the work was work, but you but you really enjoyed it. You you know, you have family to to balance and then you make sure that you're doing something that lights you up, which yeah. of course makes everything else. It just adds to everything else, I imagine. Yeah, it does. It does light me up. It is just so fun. I always say I started painting and it is like magic because I I really can't quite decide in advance what I want it to be. I have to let it just go on its own journey. And then I'm always pleasantly surprised at the end. But, you know, you get through the messy middle and I feel like I've done the messy middle of life. And now I'm like kind of kind of pulling everything together and doing now teaching and I'm teaching. I'm actually teaching a workshop in France the same time you're going to be there. Oh my gosh. All right, where's yours? It's in, it's at Paragord Retreat. Oh yes. That's a wonderful place. I've heard great things about it. So this um, is my first time doing something like that. So now I'm in the midst of figuring out art supplies and how I'm going to get them there, like all the logistics of it. But I have a, a full class. I have 11 students and it will be there for nine days. So it'll be really fun. Oh, what a what a dreamy thing. Well, well, you'll have to tell us more about that for sure. And yours too. Yes. Yeah. You know, there's something about, again, it's that commitment to yourself where you say, okay, I'm going to do this for myself and you immerse yourself in it. Mm-hmm. And for many, it could become, a, you know, people might go to your retreat and who are already painting or don't really know that much about it and have that shift and, and bring that into their, into their lives. And for Anna and my retreat too, it's, it's, it's the building blocks that we all have, but looking at them in a different way. So mm-hmm. whether you're a beginner or not, it's just immersing yourself, which I highly recommend. Yeah. And diving into something and finding that passion. And I've seen that happen. Like when I started teaching, I remember I did my first workshop probably about five years ago and I was all ready to go. My husband, who's a teacher said to me, do you have a lesson plan? And I was like, Hmm, I didn't think of that. (laughs) I I don't have a lesson plan. So I quickly just kind of generally wrote one out, but it all went really well. And I just love all the people that I'm meeting. Like they're just all such wonderful people. Like I have all these friendships and I think if we didn't have the internet and I wouldn't have had this opportunity to, to teach, to be going to France, like all these things are just so wonderful. It really is. And, and how do you, so you still run your graphic design business? Yes. I don't do that quite as much as I used to, but yeah, we still, we still, when COVID started, we I had an office and employees. And when we went home for COVID and set up shop in our own homes, we decided we liked that better. So I got rid of the office and we all work from home, which made it easier for me to be able to do my art at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. So for sure. Time, because yeah. It's a blessing. When you don't have to go to the office, you can do that early morning painting, like you were saying, and then go to work and you've had more time for each. Yes. And kind of have that flow. Like I can check my email, check. I'm waiting for something from a client. I can go work on something else for a little bit and come back to my computer. And so it is working out nicely. Yeah. You know, we were talking there for a second about when you do a show and getting feedback from people and how valuable that is. And I, and I, I do really appreciate, I mean, I would not, Without social media, I just love how it's opened the world for us, for for sure. I 
every day I go check out and visit artists I love to see that I might never have seen before. Cause I, I remember, Oh my gosh, I had a store with my mom and we used to carry um, some beautiful interior magazines from Australia. And that was the way we saw the artwork, you know, ma- same here, magazines in the U S magazines anywhere. Right. And you'd, you'd, you'd flip those pages and get to know whatever person they had, they were bringing, you know, bringing to you. And now we get to do that on our own, but it's just made the world so much bigger. But I also think when you can do an art show and get that direct feedback, how has that, how has seeing people in person kind of um, affected your art practice? Um, Gosh, I'm not sure about that answer. I, I think it just, it, it inspires me more than anything yeah. because I get to see the people who are are moved by my work. I see people who come into my booth and and are like, you know, whether it's my art or whether it's something that it ins- inspires in them that that they'll they'll be just all of a sudden they're just ready to buy that painting. Like that's just an amazing thing to yeah. make something that's personal to me that a stranger can walk up to and and have an emotional response to it is just it's it's just a crazy thing. I love it. It's really so personal, isn't it? And to yes. you're giving, I don't know, I feel like when I make something, you you immerse yourself in that and you put your whole self into that. And when when somebody it's a gift it's a gift both ways cuz I know when I find a painting or a piece of art that I love it's just like it hits you in a certain way. And then to be the artist and and know that that's going home with someone is it's pretty it's, cool. Yeah, it's like I'm spreading bits of myself all over the world. Yeah, all over the world. And again, back to social media, it, there you can do it even more that way. But I, I there's just something having just come off the um, Vegas gift show, watching people's reactions to things. When yeah. when when I had my show, my I know I said this in the little chat I did online, but I used to watch people walk by in the hall and watch their, I'd love it when they'd stop and back up, <laughs> look in and come in, you know, it's like, yeah, it's you. like, wait, wait, I don't want to miss that. <laughs> yeah, that's you weren't expecting that. Yeah. I love that. And the whole in-person thing, like I miss stores. I miss having magazines in my hand. I mean, I still yes. buy tons of them, but I yeah. love the internet, but I wish that that part of life hadn't changed as much. And maybe some of it will come back because there's really nothing better than going shopping and trying something on in the store and deciding if you want it or not, instead of seeing something online and thinking, oh my gosh, am I going to buy that and try it on? Then I have to send it back. It's just a whole different way of doing everything. I agree. And I do think, I do think it's cyclical because, you know, I, I felt, um, when was this, I guess in around 2010 and, and, in, you know, in that 10 year period where we saw so many small makers come back into the scene and making things with their hands instead of sending everything to China. And, and it became, you know, then um, Renegade Craft Show and things like that kind of became where you would go to find things. And we had, we had stepped away from that as strongly for a while and, and we're leaning more heavily into making things in China and all that. And so maybe it will, well, not maybe, I I just, we have to believe that we need that personal touch. So we it's, I imagine we'll reinvent what that looks like, but I don't know. Yeah. I still love meeting people in person is 
just wonderful. I agree. I agree. Um, I'm wondering, was it easy for you to commit to doing the painting? I mean, it sounds like you're somebody that that does that is good with your time and, and organized and, and committed to doing the things you love, but you've been doing it really strongly for 10 years. After that class, did you just say, that's it, I'm gonna, I'm gonna dive in? I don't remember what it was that made me decide that I was going to do it that it might have been at right after that class, because I would have had the supplies then. And I remember just setting up and you have to make a little space for it. So my studios in my home in my basement. And as much as it's kind of chaotic, and it's not, you know, a beautiful sunlit studio that I would love to have, it's so convenient. And that I can just come into my studio and paint whenever paint whenever that's a great that's a great thing is to make it convenient for yourself. Yeah, it has to be. And I also started doing small paintings, doing one every day, and I still do. And it's so that I get that satisfaction of like starting and finishing something. So I have a membership group and we just, this, I did a challenge this January and it was really fun. I gave them all the visuals to paint from and tried to help them build that daily habit because, you know, you get better at anything by doing it constantly. And yes. you know, with art, you almost think, I always find it challenging because like you think about, you learn piano or you learn a sport, you like, you do the same thing over and over again. You might learn one song. You don't have to write the song. You don't have to compose it. You don't have to do any of that. You just practice a song that's already written. But with art, it's almost like you're supposed to know how to, <laughs> to find your inspiration, um, draw it, paint it market it, like all of it. It's, there's so many pieces to it. And it's like, you just have to start and then figure out each bit as you go. I love that. I want to have a couple of questions around that. Um, you, you define, I love how you define your style as a mix of an intention and intuition, which kind of leans into what you're talking about because it's not written. The music is not there and there's lots of courses you, you can take, but how do you balance that mix of intention and intuition? And how do you suggest that people lean into finding their own style? Your own style. Well, I, I would say that I'm still learning my own style. I'm still I love hearing that. <laughs> makes me feel better. And it'll probably never end because that's mm -hmm. the fun of it is exploring. Mm -hmm. I, I love learn. I learn from everybody. Like I am constantly taking classes, like I'm a class junkie and I always say, if you take all all the things you learn a little bit from everybody you that crosses your path and you take the bits that you love and add it into your kind of arsenal or your tools. Yeah. And I like to know that it's that I can achieve what I want to mm -hmm. when I'm painting because I've learned the skills. I've, you know, I read all about it. I'm, I love playing with all different kinds of things. Like if I get kind of stuck, I'll work in watercolors or go to acrylics or do something completely different. But then when I'm painting, I start out kind of like knowing what I want to do. I have my reference. I dive in and then I try to make almost make a mess of it so mm. that I have to carve out the painting from my messiness. Oh, wow. I love like, that being in the messy middle. And that's how I'm developing my own style, but right. that's not necessarily how somebody else will. But I, I like, like for my students to explore and try all different kinds of things and, and little by little, your own style will evolve. Yeah. I, I love that. I think um, for me, I, 
I tend to be one of those people that likes to figure things out. This is why, you know, when I remember when I was younger and took tennis, it's like, wait, no, I want to be good at this. But you forget there has to be that messy middle. But yeah, there's something about putting a lot of paint on a canvas instead of being precious about it and yeah. and, and working with that messy middle. I, I did. T- I took a in-person retreat with Lynn Whipple and it was I, I definitely got past some blocks because she would have us do something. And I, I remember thinking, oh my gosh, okay, I really like this. I'm doing it. I really like how I drew that whatever pedal or whatever it was. And then she'd say, okay, turn it upside down or scribble all over it or splash paint on it. And I was like, what? But <laughs> that helped so much to, to get past that. Past the preciousness. Yeah. You can't let it be precious because then you don't leave room for the magic to happen. Yeah. Yeah. So in your Core, tell me a little bit about how you teach and what how people are accessing their art through you. Well, I have I have an online course that I created called Art in Bloom, and I did that maybe four years ago. Mm-hmm. And it's painting six different flowers, and they're in six different modules. And I do when I paint, I do like a transparent base. And then I go in and and use RNF pigment sticks as my next layer, kind of to make mm-hmm. it messy. And mm-hmm. then I do the the next part is where I start to carve out all the you know the petals and kind of pull it all together. Yum. And I teach that method in in my online course. And then I also have a membership too. And I also teach in person. But it's kind of the same system that I do. I just tailor it, you know, by to my when it's in person, I can kind of pay attention to you know what people where they're, where they're coming from and, and help them get out of their preciousness and, and, and feel it's really about feeling confident more than anything else. And I think as, as you get older and as you learn things and you do it more, you do get more confident, but that the confidence helps the magic happen because in your own head. Yeah. That's, that's where it all crumbles when you're in your head, like doubting things or whatever. It's like, don't doubt it. Just keep going. You've got nothing to lose. We're not doing brain surgery. We're just painting. Just have fun. You've got to have fun or you're not going to want to do it the next time. What are some things you recommend if, if people are a little hesitant to, to approach that canvas or, you know, just kind of start they've committed they they know they want to do it they've signed up for the class like do you have any kind of pointers on getting in there I think well with my this little I just did this um little challenge with my my membership group and I had them make little four by four squares and get them all ready at the beginning of the month so they had like 30 of them Mm. and just paint little paintings so that you can feel you don't feel precious. You don't feel like you're wasting materials. You don't feel like you're wasting, you know, buying boards or canvases. It's just pieces of paper. And, and so that gets rid of that precious part of it. And it's small. It doesn't take long. So you're not making a huge investment. And the goal is for you to like start and finish a little painting every day. And that's what builds that confidence. And, you know, you'll, I always, even I say, I do like, I'll paint something and I'll love it. Then I'll do like three more paintings and I'm kind of like, oh, I don't know. I don't know. And then it's like, like two steps forward, one step back, but that'll never end. It'll just keep being that. And I'll just keep growing and changing. But the point is to enjoy the journey, right? Exactly. And 
learn from it. I mm-hmm. I look at some paintings that, and I haven't done a lot, but some things that I have on my wall or in my studio, and and sometimes I think, oh, I would have, I wish that was brighter, or I wish I'd done that. But instead of changing it, I like being able to look back at the progression of learning. Of learning. And if you do something small like that and you look at it and you think, I wish that was brighter, well, then paint it again and make it brighter yeah. and see if you like it more. Maybe you won't. I love that idea of doing so many as well, because then you get past the preciousness. Yes. Getting past the preciousness. That's right. Yeah. yeah I love That's that. Key to enjoying it and building confidence and, and, and knowing that you have to make ugly things. Like you think when you learn piano, you yeah. mess up over and over and you keep trying, but with painting, For some reason, you expect that you're just, it it looks easy. So why can't I do this? I totally (laughs) agree. I think that's what stops me. That and the, um, when I was younger, I studied with um, a wonderful woman. Her name was Lynn Tuft and in the Napa Valley area. And I loved her style so much that I found, I found I was, I mean, she was my teacher. So she was teaching Mm -hmm. me in her way, but I think what takes your what gets you to your style, as we were saying before, is just doing it over and over again. Because if yeah. you just do five, you're not gonna you're not gonna get there. Yeah. And I don't even like if my students paint like me, like I've had someone write and say, Oh, is this person a student of yours? I can see that. That's like, I don't care because they're gonna go on their own journey. It's not right. gonna stay like that. They're just learning from me now, and then they'll go off and experiment and go on a whole different journey than I did. Right. There's really no way around that because if you keep painting or if you keep whatever it is you're doing you're you're going to bring your own elements into it i i always feel like i mean i know there's there's so much um copying is you know one of one of my things that i hate the most but the person copying can only get that far or and i don't mean copying i mean even when you're learning and you and you you're absorbing the style of your teacher if you're going to keep painting you're you're in your own head, right? So you and you're living yeah. your own experiences. So that's what's going to start to show up. So yeah, and you just have to have faith and just keep doing it. It'll happen. Yeah, it'll keep happening. Yeah. And as as one's practice grows, I just in looking at yours, your your practice obviously over the past ten years for the painting part has grown immensely. The shows having having work in several galleries and your teaching. How do you think, um, what would you recommend or or how has it been for you around growing visibility around that practice and then branching into the things that seemed interesting at the time to get yourself out there more instead of just kind of staying in your studio and not getting it any further? Hmm. How did I gain the visibility? Is that what you're... How did you, how did you gain it and how did you lean into it? for yourself? Like, did you say, I want to, I want a gallery, so I'm going to do that. Or, you know, how did it kind of unfold into a broader, a broader thing for you? Oh, yeah. Well, I would say I, um, yeah, I, I get, I'm, uh, I'm like a hundred million miles ahead of myself all the time. (laughs) Like you're not a, (laughs) you're, you're a go, go, go person anyway. So it's not, everything's going to, yeah. So a, a lot of times, you know, people get in their own way because they think about it too much. I just go like even even talking to you about doing this this um, interview, which mm-hmm. is a stretch for me. Like I thought, oh, should I do it? And I'm like, why not? I'm going to write tomorrow. And here I am. I love that I, so much, by the way. <laughs> I really I, do. 
do that with so many things, like even being in a gallery, um, all the bits, I just think about it and kind of figure out and meet people. And and then the, everything just seems to lead to the next thing. Like, I don't know that even ever in my life, I necessarily sit down and think at plan. I just like if a little bit of an idea comes and or an opportunity, I always say yes. And it mm-hmm. just leads me down a new path. Like I just recently am on the board of directors, accepted a position on the board of directors of the Rittenhouse Square Fine Art Show, which is my favorite outdoor show. Oh, but wow. now I'm getting cool. all kinds of making new art friends through that. And I'm also yes. learning how art shows are run on the back end. Like I just say yes to everything. I guess that's kind of it's that's a mixed blessing, but. It is, but I would love to dig into that for a minute because I feel like mm, as humans, for the most part, we want to feel comfortable about something. So it's like, well, I'm not going to send my portfolio out or reach out until it's ready. Some, you know, that can be, that might be someone's point of view who's listening. But if you never lean in and try something, you're never going to get anywhere. So I'm like you, I... I'm a big, why wouldn't I? Why not? Let's try it. What do I have to lose kind of thing? Um, yeah. And I wouldn't say for every single thing, but it it so pays off. It does. And it's, well, I think that's something I've learned later in life. Like I would have been much more hmm. cautious and hmm. thoughtful about things when I was younger. But now that this is like my fun part, I don't, I don't have, I don't feel the same restrictions. I just feel like I'm having fun and I don't feel the pressure. I think that maybe I did with my marketing business and everything being sense. perfect. This is this is the fun part. So, you know, even when I taught that my first class and I didn't even have a lesson plan, like what was I thinking? Thinking that I could teach other people how to paint, but it was fun and I loved it. Like, why not try it? Well, and it- and I don't think there has to be a prescribed. I think if you do think there's a prescribed way of doing things, then that that rings the the kind of the passion out of it some sometimes i'm sure we've all had yeah that job where you we've always done it this way well where are you now like do you want to grow let's 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 stop and talk about it i mean dive in try something certainly i mean sometimes you have to do it a certain way because because of something or you have to pay the rent or whatever it is but i love the process of leaning in because then that's where you find those nuggets Yes. And I think too, um, I learned that life and art are parallel. Um, So like when I had my marketing business, everything had to be perfect. I did all of my art for my clients, for what they wanted. And now I'm making art because I love it, because I love doing it. I don't need to make my art. I mean, I do commissions and that's a whole different ball game. But when I'm making my art, I'm doing it because I love it. And I find it amazing that I might have a painting that might sell right away or I might have one for three years. But when that person comes into my booth and buys that piece of art, I'm like, no wonder this painting is still in my hands because it's meant to be that person's painting. Like there's no thought in my mind that anyone else was supposed to own that painting except that person. And it's like, that amazes me, like that it's something that I'm doing because I love it. And then I put it out there and that perfect person comes and finds it. Like, that's just like how life works. And, and I'm just, I learn about life through my art, I think. Uh, That's beautiful. 
it makes it a full circle. It's like, of course, this painting is for you. <laughs> like I've had so many times when that has happened and it's, it's just wonderful. I love that. And I agree. There's really something so, I don't know what even the right word is, broadening or validating when you're, when you're working at something for the agency and you have like that coffee client and you, you know, there's parameters that it has to be a certain way. You're, you're working your best to, to navigate their vision and bring them what, what even better than they had had imagined. But then when you're painting yourself, you wake up in the morning, you grab that cup of coffee and you're like, what's inspiring me today? And it comes from an entirely different place in our, in our gut, psyche, hand, head, whatever, heart, you know, and that's where I think the magic lies. And I, if, if we could just inspire people when you're taking a course or you're, you think you're supposed to be doing something a certain way. If you can give time to that practice of doing what you want, what what's bubbling yeah. up for you, what's mm-hmm. bubbling up and what, yeah, what you're thinking about. Like I just, I wake up in the middle of the night, like in my mind, I can't even sleep anymore because I'm always thinking of all these <laughs> things that I want to do, which is wonderful. It's mixed blessing. But like then when I wake up, there are days I wake up in the morning and I just cannot wait to start because I have a million ideas of all the things. And I, I don't know, my studio is a little bit messy, but I could just have it be four four times this size and still fill yeah. it up where I'd have like a station for every different thing I want to be working on at the time. But it is, it's just the best feeling to just follow, follow your heart and, and let things happen and not worry about anyone buying it or anyone wanting it because that, that's, that just happens by itself. I, I don't, that doesn't need to be my. You're right. It, it does. It does the thing, those lines do match up. And I think if, if you're doing it from your heart, they match up even more because it, it shows up. It really Mm -hmm. does. It shows up to people. It's like, it just lights up in a different way. And like you said, there's a, there's somebody for all of those, those things. And there's, there's something too about accessibility to your practice and to your materials and tools that makes it a lot easier. Yeah. You have to make it convenient. Otherwise it's too easy to say no or to get in your own way. Yeah. And I also feel like life leads you on a journey and you have to pay attention to it and listen because it takes you wherever you're supposed to go next. Like if I hadn't done marketing all these years, like I can build a website, I can do all like that marketing side of the business. Mm -hmm. And so that led me, and it also led me to appreciating doing things on my own and creating art like that doesn't have the pressure of, you know, somebody else, somebody else's vision, like all the different things just led me to right where I am. And it's like, I feel like now I'm just ready to ready to roll. Exactly. And those other things gave you the confidence to know that you're, you're good at them. And so like, let's, let's paint. I'll be good at that too. You know, eventually it just, yeah, you just have to remember the things the things that we're good at and then try, try the next one. Try. Yep. Just see what, what that next, wherever your heart flutters, wherever it's going next, just follow along. Oh gosh. I love that. Do you ever um, really feel like switching up your art practice and doing something you mentioned oh. pottery or things like that? Oh you know? yes. All the time. I always, and I was just thinking about that. It always happens at this time of the year. And I think mm. it's because I'm not in the midst of show season. I, right. I, I don't, I do have to make like a lot of big paintings in the next few weeks. And that's a lot of pressure, but I always feel 
I call it itchy. I feel itchy now and I want to change things up and change my style. And I'm always like, now I'm starting, um, like in the middle of the night, I was thinking about lemons and I want to, I started my, got my sketchbook already. So now mm. I'm, I'm going to go down a lemons path. I, God only knows why, but that's the inspiration. So then I will do that and play with it and not even do a big painting. Like I'll just in my sketchbook, I'll start doing something completely different. Also, like just saw a thing about crochet. Some, mm. I can't even remember what the company was. Oh, now I want to crochet. So I might have to <laughs> have to do that too. But yeah, I always feel like I have to mix things up. And that's what that, that then will inspire something in my painting. Then that'll help me grow. But yeah, you have to kind of follow all those things. I agree. And and here's permission for anyone listening to follow the things. I, I'm sure if you have been listening to this for a long time, you've heard me say I um I was married to a person early on that just did not understand that at all. He I remember him walking into my studio where I had a a lot of things and and saying, Can you can't you just pick one thing? I was like, Oh no. <laughs> no, it's only gonna get worse. And don't tell my husband that either. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, and I, I'm like you, I get inspired by those mm-hmm. and you never know, even if it's a dabble. And, and that's one of the reasons um, I have so much fun in, in the windowsill workshops that we do once a month, because it might, it's maybe it's just two and a half hours of trying that thing. And you, and you didn't have to get very many supplies and, you know, you met good people, but it's okay. It's like, okay, I did that. And maybe like you said, using that color or layering something in that way. It might, you, that's a tool you might keep and take with you. I love all those things. Done so many of your windowsill workshops and I love them. I made the cookies after you did that with Anna and what else did I, I did a few of them and, and I've even one I haven't done yet, but I, yeah, I want to, I want to make all this. I want to do all of it. It's like, it's (laughs) all inspiring. And when you get that feeling like, Oh, I want to do that now. Like, how can you not? Exactly. Yes. So I would love to know a little bit more about your membership and and Art in Bloom. Tell tell us about that and what what a mentee would learn in these different places or how they would be supported. Well, Art in Bloom, it teaches like my my basic how I paint. So it takes you through um, the beginnings of like just loosely doing something like learning all the supplies and everything to being able to complete six different floral oil paintings. And I've had great success. I've had a lot of friends who have done the class and then they either join my membership or have taken classes in person with me. And it's started them the love of painting, which is so much fun. Love that. And then in my membership group, I started that after Art and Bloom, and I think I probably have about 80 people in it right now. And I, very selfishly, I use it as kind of my excuse to be able to experiment with things. So whatever I'm playing with or working on, I create a lesson, and then we do it together. It could be a field trip. It could be a creativity booster exercise. It could be just um, dabbling and mixing all like 
one of the ones that's coming up is our purples and violets and mm -hmm. mixing color. And then I'll do that in one session. I do live Zoom sessions so people can ask me questions. And then the next one, I'll do a painting using the colors that we've worked with. And like um, on Wednesday, we just visited my friend, um, Sherry Bear, who does clay sculptures. I went to her studio and filmed from there and she showed us her process. So it's, oh, wow. just, it's kind of just a fun place to explore creativity. Like I love I'm that. So the membership sounds like um, you're trying things on, yeah. And mm -hmm. then the class is more is more structured. But what a great what a great way to to explore and and learn together and learn from each other. Learn from each other, yeah. So tell us the name of the membership and how to how to access that. The membership is called. I always just call it my inspiring art group. Okay, and we can find that on your on your Instagram and on your website. Yes, that's and I'll put it in the show notes as well, for sure. In the show notes. And then on Wednesdays, every Wednesday on Instagram at eight o'clock in the morning, Eastern time, I paint live. So oh, wow. I've built a really nice community. Like everyone calls it like a coffee clutch. I don't even know where that word clutch even came from, but <laughs> it's like, I know so many of the people in that group and they all look forward to it and ask questions and talk to each other. And it's just built into something that I've been doing it now, probably for four years, every Wednesday morning. Oh, wow. I love that there's so many ways to access you. And because you are somebody who's painting every morning, you're sharing that. So Instagram live and then your membership groups on Facebook and yeah. then your um, your beautiful course. Is that something that you teach just a couple of times a year or is it just is it it's a With, six week course, right? Yes, it's pre-recorded. I used to like launch it mm -hmm. twice a year, but uh, that. I don't like doing that. That's something no. I learned. I don't like that part of it. So it's just it's just Hard. available anytime anyone wants to do it. I don't want to launch. Yeah. Yeah. Launching is launching is a whole nother thing. And it's so I mean, we're artists and creators and and we're curious and we want these things to be accessible. I love that. And then you have you have an oil painting workshop coming up in March. Is that that's in person? Yes, I have a live in-person workshop coming up in the first weekend in March in Kennett Square at a really charming um, art gallery where I show my work. It's called Square Pair Gallery, and it'll be a two-day workshop Sunday and Monday, and it's going to be so much fun. So I'm going to do, I think, a flower the first day and a bird the second day. So if anybody wants to come join us, it's going to be wonderful. Get yourself to Philadelphia. Yep. And then also I have my French retreat, and that that's just full, but if all goes well, I'll be doing that again. Oh my gosh. That's so exciting. I love that. There's so many ways to access you. I'm, I'm definitely going to have to put your Wednesday lives on my calendar so I can just pop in. I, I am, I love taking courses too, but I find that often I don't carve out the time, which is silly. Um, and I actually have to move my studio this month and I don't, I don't know where it's going. And my house is very small, but I'd love to get it where it's closer to me so that I can say, oh, okay, I've got 10 minutes. I'm going to go paint yep. instead of I'm going to go look on Instagram. Right. 10 minutes. That's all you need. That's oh right. Gosh. I love that. Um, tell me what your Instagram handle is. It's Kim Myers Smith. So Myers is my maiden name and it's so complicated, but Kim Smith is such a curse. I could not get Kim Smith art, Kim Smith 
anything because there are way too many Kim Smiths in the world. So my maiden name Myers is in the middle. That's perfect. That's a great way to make sure it's you. That's right. Yes. I love that. Um, any more tips or tricks to somebody that, oh, here, I have a question. I have never, ever painted with oil. I've painted with many other things, but I, I feel like, I feel a bit um, daunted by the whole thing. So mm-hmm. how should I start that? Besides, of course, signing up for your class, which I'm yes. super <laughs> eager to do. Yeah, sign up for my class. Well, start simple, but I mean, you you have to try oil paints. It is so fun. I always say painting with acrylics is like painting with plastic and yeah. painting with with um, oil paints like painting with butter. Ooh. It's just, it's so luscious and and I just love how it blends and how the colors mix. It's just a very sensual, beautiful journey. It's just so fun. Okay. I'm, I'm, but, it's it's definitely high on my list. Um and it's okay to make a mess too. I made a mess for a long time. But and people say that with oil, you it's it's is it easier to change what you're doing um, if you want to redo something with oil, or do you think it's harder? You paint. I think I try to, and that's what my exploration is. And as the painting that you saw behind me here, I try to keep my paintings very luminous, and that's. Um, by having the white canvas and then having transparent colors over top of that so that the white kind of shows through them and makes them almost glow. Mm -hmm. And then I paint over top that with like more opaque colors. So there comes a point where like, if your paint gets too thick, you can't shift it anymore. But Mm -hmm. um, I don't know. I mean, it's not like acrylics where you can paint the whole thing white and start over again. Sure. But I love that. I think there's something inherently interesting about those layers too, where they're informing you a little bit as well. Yes. Sounds like. That's when I'm trying to build that process where each layer, I, I don't want it to look just exactly like my reference. I want it to kind of go on its own journey and have me listen to what's happening and lead me to my next thing rather than like, there comes a point where I'll put my reference away and not even look at it anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I like that too, because, because you're in it now, like the reference maybe starts it, but then, then it's dictating. It's, it's, it's its own animal or it's flower or whatever even, it is. Even when I do commissions, like I just finished a big 30 by 40 commission for someone. And, and I said to her, I said, I'll do my best for what you're looking for. I said, but they, they just go on their own journey and, and it'll, it might not turn out, you know, but I, I don't worry about it if it's like a floral because someone else will want it, even if it's not her vision and I have to do it again, but. Right. Commissions are tricky. They are. Yeah. That's a whole different thing to learn, but it is good to, it's good practice. I agree. I, I remember commission. I feel, still feel bad about this. There was an amazing artist um, where I grew up and I remember commissioning um, a painting of something and she did it twice. And we, we sold the first one because it was when we had the store. And so, you know, she didn't lose out, but I just, I had, it just needed to capture something for me. And I loved her art so much. And I just felt so bad saying like, really, can we do it again? And it was, it was perfect. So, well, I think I'm good at that because of my marketing background, having a business like that. I've, I don't take anything personally. Like I'm trying to do what you want. And if that's not it, then I'll just 
try again because the other one will sell. So it's all part of the journey. I love that. Well, what, what's that thing that you think you want to try next? Mm Hmm. Hmm. Besides crochet. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Oh, I don't know. Uh, Just uh, my goal this year is, is to paint more large paintings, like to dive into large paintings to get more comfortable. Like they all, I I want it to be almost like my daily practice of small ones. I want to paint every day, paint large. So that's really my, my, my goal for this year. So the painting behind you, and I'll I'll have to take a screenshot of this so because we keep referencing it, but that's to me that feels pretty big. What does large like um, think? Well, to, what do you think about when you think large? Like 36 by 36 or 30 by 40 or awesome. larger. Yeah. Oh, I did have another question for you. Have you has any of your paintings shown up on product? What what do you do as far as as do you do any licensing? I do have a licensing company that I work with called Roaring Brook. Have you heard of them? Yes, I have. I license with them, but I have hardly done that. Like, you know, I want to do all the things. So, of course, I started down that path and they've licensed some of my artwork. I think more is like posters and things. Mm -hmm. Um, And that is something I want to explore. And I hope to in the future. I just haven't focused on it very much. I just kind of got it started and, and haven't had time to work on that anymore but yeah i i would love all i love listening to all the licensing because i know that i would love that like just today before our meeting i started watching a skillshare thing about um doing photoshop step and repeat patterns with artwork mm-hmm. like oh mm-hmm. this sounds like fun oh my gosh that would be a that would be really fun to see where you took that with your painting yeah it would be neat that dimensional that look and the feel and kind of trying to capture the glow a yes. little bit of that and have that as a step and repeat on fabric would be yeah so fun i say put that on your list because i would love to see it (laughs) but you know i I think i love that too and and social media when you put yourself out there in the way that you do and you post your paintings people who are looking for things to make you know people like (laughs) me art agents that are looking for someone to license you might not have done it but they're looking at it with that eye so it's a, it's again about just showing up in the way and doing things you love and you never yeah. know. And trusting the process and saying yes. And yeah, right. yeah. putting yourself out there. It's a little putting scary, but there. you keep it doing is. it. And each thing that I do, I learn a little bit. Like even in the beginning when I did art shows, I would be so almost afraid to go up to people and talk to them. And, you yeah. know, now that I've been yeah. doing it for a few years. I enjoy it. Like, right. I'm glad that you said that because I think that's a big part of it. I think just having, you know, done the the Vegas show not long ago, I thought to myself, I am so out of the practice of even talking to people that I don't know, you know, but, but, yeah. you, but I mean, you just if someone stops, exactly. <laughs> if someone stops because they're looking at your art, they're, they've started the conversation right there, you know? And it's so. not about selling art. It's about going in and meeting somebody and making exactly. a friend. Like I've met people who came into my booth and now they're going to France with me. Like exactly. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I definitely have new friends that I didn't have yeah. before. <laughs> <Last week. laughs> super fun. <laughs> yeah. yep. super I, fun. I love that. Well, people, artists are just wonderful people. They just are. We're so lucky that we're in such a supportive, um, you know, Universe. our, our work and our passions are, done by others that are so, so supportive of each other. Mm -hmm. I really, I could 
I just never stop being awed by that. Awed by it. And I have I have a membership group or not a membership, a mass. The artists in there are just fabulous. And it's like such a great resource when I'm feeling like I'm not sure how to do something or how to market or whatever. I just go in there and I can say anything. And then I. Yeah. Is that your mastermind group or a, a different one that you're involved in? A different one. Yeah, that I agree. I and for those of you who are like, what even is that? Um, the mastermind that I was involved in in the beginning of COVID was taught by somebody that I had taken a few courses from, and it, it was a small group with a few people with with similar interests. But my gosh, I I love being able to turn to those uh, people that were in that group, and we can ask each other anything, like you said, and and often you know that could be a peer group that you that you. Um, put together in a certain way or or whatever it is. But those people that you can ask the hard questions or just say. Yeah. They're like my art family. Yeah. yeah. Highly recommend. Because they understand. Like, you know, if yes. I talk to someone who isn't in this business and start talking about stuff, they're right. like, they glaze over very quickly. You're right. And I would think that you find that in your membership and all too. Those, you know, yeah. that's where we all come together in those in those places we choose to hang out with our like-minded friends. I love that. Yeah. So tell me who is inspiring you these days, Kim? Well, this was a tough one for me. I've been thinking about this because um, everyone and everything in the world inspires me, but I thought about it in buckets. So you inspire me for creativity, oh, inspiration. I love, love your podcast. I I love listening. I, I love your um, workshops, all of it. Thank I you. would say um, I love to listen to Brian Rutenberg is he has uh, YouTube, they're called studio visits. And he really inspires me on his perspective on life and art. And yeah, I could binge watch his his little um, studio visits over and over again. Nice. Um, I would say Bonnie Christine is someone that inspires me for art business and teaching. Mm -hmm. Um, I love seeing Betty Krause is someone that I enjoy watching her process and how she markets herself. And I love, I have one of her originals. I love her art. Um, a recent one that I binge watch on Instagram is called Eva Kaline, I guess, K-A-L-I-E-N. She does these like little sketchbook art things that I could just watch them all day long. Oh, fun. And I would say also Lori Siebert, too. I enjoy her, too. But yeah, I, I could just go on and on and on. But yeah, I love yes. that. This is giving, you know, I feel like every time I ask this question, I get good feedback about people like, oh, I found somebody new today. And and uh and that's always fun, right? It really is. I, I'm happy with those rabbit holes for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fun oh. rabbit holes. Oh, gosh. Well, just I'm so glad that you reached out and that I love your art so much. It It's inspiring. I'm super interested in what you're teaching and how you're teaching it. And I look forward to digging into that more. And I encourage anybody listening to do the same. And it will be really fun to just have eyes on your work just a little bit more and, and continue to support each other. Always fun. Well, thank you, Margo. Thanks for having me. This was wonderful hanging out with you. Same. I really appreciate it. And I wish I could scoot over to Philadelphia for that live. You never know. You never know. 
Before you go, I just want to say a quick thanks for tuning in. I hope you found something useful to take away and something to make you think. For those of you listening in on Spotify, and I know there are many, you now have the cool option to show your love for Windowsill Chats quickly and easily. From the show page in the Spotify app, you can simply tap to rate it one to five stars. And of course, I'll really appreciate it too if you leave a review wherever you might be listening. See you next week, lovelies, and I hope it's a creative one.